Welcome back, everybody, to episode 59 of On the Wild. I'm your host, Riley Keenan. And with me, as always, we have Anuj Basker. The news is getting crazy in terms of the NFL, the NBA, NHL. It's starting to even heat up. But we're going to start with the NFL, obviously, here. And I think the biggest news of the past day was Devontae Adams getting traded to Vegas and obviously signing his new contract with the first and second round pick coming in return. What are your immediate thoughts to that trade? Rogers goofed up. Apparently he knew that, he knew, yeah. that Adams wasn't going to play for them ever again when he signed his contract with Green, with Green Bay, which I wasn't expecting him to do that. I thought that he would have had some sort, some sort of assurance, but I mean, it's great for Las Vegas. I'm pretty, I'm, they only gave up a first round pick and a second round pick, which seems like a lot on, on face value, but now you have Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, great receiving core. You have players who can kind of uh, play on every play at every part of the field. You have uh, Waller in the middle of the field, uh, Hunter Renfro in the in the slot, and Adams obviously on the outside. They they also got uh, Chandler Jones a couple of days ago. They put in an offer for Stephon Gilmore this morning. They're trying to gear up because the AFC West is, in my opinion, the greatest division the 2022 AFC West is the greatest NFL division I've ever seen yeah I think we said that last last year about the NFC West this is just on another level because of the quarterback play yeah Carr is the worst quarterback in that division and that's saying something and if, and if you put him if, quarterback yeah and if you put him in another division like the AFC South he's the best quarterback in that division yeah um I don't know. I, it's a great move for Vegas. I don't know what the Packers do now. They have two first-round picks. I would pick two receivers with those picks because you can't make up what Devontae Adams does for the Packers with just one rookie receiver. You need at least two. Yeah. Um, and I would pick two guys. There's a. It's a pretty deep class with receivers, so they'll probably be able to get a, a pretty good prospect. But I don't know. I don't know where the Packers go from here because you just lost – one of the best receivers in the NFL is someone even argue the best. So yeah, it's tough. For them. And I go back to what you said about Rogers. Obviously he, he knew this going in. And I think to me, I think the decision stemmed from, it wasn't about, you know, before the season started, they had the post together, where it was like one last ride, yeah, or the was last one dance. last dance, something like that. So it kind it was of the Jordan and Pippen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was an under, there was a mutual understanding there that they weren't going to be together after this season, but everyone thought it was going to be Rogers leaving with Adam staying, or if anything, Adam's kind of going and following him somewhere. Yeah. But obviously it turns out to be the other way around. And the way I kind of look at it is I think Rogers stayed. It was, I think it was a legacy move in terms of the way the fans are going to react to him. I think if he leaves, you kind of will see like, Obviously, in the NHL recently, Jack Eichel comes back to Buffalo, played there for six or seven years. It was never his fault that they were bad. They blew up. They made a lot of bad decisions while he was there. And he gets booed by the fans when he comes back. And he made a joke about, you know, that's the loudest I ever heard them in the time I was there. So, you know, kind of, uh, you know, didn't necessarily. Well, the reason he left was because he wanted to get a surgery. Yeah. And the team didn't let him get that surgery. So it's not his fault that yeah, he it's left. Not, it was yeah. just... he, he did everything he could have done for the city of Buffalo and and they just didn't help him in return. I felt it was a bit disrespectful for the fans to boo him. But I thought also that kind of went hand in hand with Rodgers. I think if he left, I think there would have been a certain amount of people in Green Bay that would have let him have it. Although he's been incredible that for him for them for so many years and won a Super Bowl, I think there is some sort of anger and like wanting something more from him in the fact that they haven't been able to reach the Super Bowl again. So I think there would be a lot of angry fans there. And I think he thought about that a little bit in terms of like, man, if I stayed, then Green Bay, the whole city of Green Bay is going to respect me and think, you know, I was leaving 
And I, I decided to stay here, even with knowing that Devontae was leaving. He truly believes in this Green Bay, Green Bay team. And I think that was a good career move on his part. I think that's where it stems from. But yeah, I agree. I think they need to go out and get a, a wide receiver in the draft. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I think this, this podcast could be all over the place because a lot of, of the moves of players are going to change the way other moves happen. So, yeah, so yeah. we're recording this at 1.30 on Friday. Yeah. You made a great call because we were going to record on Thursday, Thursday morning. Yeah. That's when, that's when we usually record. Mm-hmm. And you said, let's record Friday for some reason. I don't, I don't actually know why. But thank God we did that because the Adams <laughs> thing happened last night. Exactly. We're recording at 1.30 on Friday. So this, this episode could literally become outdated by tonight. Exactly. There's a that's lot of I- moving parts. Yeah, I wanted to bring up March Madness, but even then, it's going to be the second round of the round of 32 by the time this comes out. So it's like, okay, let's even hold back on that. But I think the move that Green Bay has to make here, and I think it stemmed from what the Rams did in signing Allen Robinson. So now you have Woods, Cup, and Robinson, and they're expected to get OBJ OBJ back. And it seemed like that's where he wanted to go. But now that they already have that three-headed monster, it doesn't seem like OBJ would even fit in that well. Apparently, they're going to trade Woods. Trade – See, that I'd be fine with that. I think that would be the correct move of the four if you are getting all four. But the way I look at it right now, if they weren't to trade Woods, I think it would be in Green Bay's best interest to give OBJ an offer. Because before the season started, or before uh, he was released from Cleveland, you know, our thought process was Green Bay is the number one. I could see him going to the Rams, and also the Patriots looks pretty good. But to me, it seemed like the Packers was the best fit. And I think that's the best opportunity for him right now. Because if you do have that three-headed monster in L.A., he's not going to get as much opportunity, even though I think he can be that second option. I think he's – when it all comes down to it, I think he's better than Allen Robinson. I think he'll get a bit more opportunity because he's a bit more flashy on the field. But if he goes to Green Bay, I think that's another great legacy move for him because it allows him to be the number one guy. And now he can really prove if he can be that dominant wide receiver because he was behind Cooper Cup this past season. And although he was an incredible red zone threat, he had Cooper Cup in front of him to be able to take the pressure off. Going to Green Bay, I think, would be a tremendous move for him because Aaron Rodgers is going to zero in on him. Listen, he's not Baker Mayfield here. He's he's, he's going to look right at OBJ every play and then he'll weigh his options down. So I think I think that would be a good career move for him. But, I mean, it's really up in the air right now. We could, In the next hour, we could see what OBJ does. But also with the fact that Von Miller goes to Buffalo, that now has a question mark with Aaron Donald. Does Aaron Donald come back now that Aaron, Von Miller leaves? Because it seemed like it was integral for him to come back for Von Miller to be there. So now with possibly the two of them being gone and Allen Robinson coming in, OBJ's got to be thinking, all right, is – is LA going to be that threat they were last year? And am I going to get as much opportunity as before? Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough situation for him. Yeah. I think Odell stays in, in LA. And I personally think that if the, I, I saw some stuff on TV that the Rams are still negotiating with Donald. So I think Donald will come back, but he's going to have a, a new contract, highest paid player in the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Uh, but going back to Odell, I think he stays in LA. Um, and I think Green Bay, will go in the direction of trying to sign Julio Jones because he got released the yes. other day, which, by the way, what a bad trade that was for Tennessee. Wow, brutal. I mean, I, I remember when that trade happened. We were talking about they're the best offensive team in the NFL. It's like yeah, a lot of people were saying that, yeah. But, I mean, when that trade happened, as a Falcons fan, I was kind of like, you know, Julio Jones isn't injury prone. He was just injured last year. But he's kind of proven now that that hamstring has just been bothering him for the last two years. So, I think he's a – He's a good option to have. Like, you'd rather have Julio Jones than not have him. But because of that injury risk, um, there's obviously some so there's some risk to it. So, 
I think Green Bay will try to get Julio Jones, just have that sort of name on that team in that receiver core. And if they were to draft rookies, have sort of a mentor for them. Um, but what a bad trade that was for Tennessee. What a fleece that was for the Falcons, which, speaking of the Falcons, Deshaun Watson. Sean Watson. Has engulfed my life for the last three days. It's looking good. I'll tell you that. Like, in it class is. for the last three days, we're sitting together. Every single moment, it's so, every, th- every time something comes up on the phone, it's like, Deshaun? Because it, it could be that. Yeah, it is. I, I remember on Tuesday, I woke up and, and you texted me and you were like, oh, the Browns are meeting with Deshaun Watson. I was like, OK, cool. I want him to go to the Cleveland now because it was Browns, Panthers and then Saints. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, I see on my phone that the Falcons are a sleeper team for Deshaun Watson. And ever since then, I've been checking my phone. Twitter has been my most used app for the last three days. I never use Twitter. <laughs> it's and for me, like as an, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. I think all signs are pointing towards him going to Atlanta. I agree. Especially sure. in the last couple of days. Like even when it first came out, Diana, Diana Rossini of ESPN reported that he reached out to the Falcons personally mm-hmm. uh, to, to meet with them. He met with the Browns, Saints, and Panthers in Houston. He went to Atlanta to meet with the Falcons. Yeah. And just a bunch of other moves like the Casey Hayward signing yesterday. There was a put. There was a picture posted a month ago by their agent David Mulligetta. I think that's how you say it. I'll put it up on screen, of uh, Deshaun Watson, Malik Willis is in that picture too. The agent, uh, AJ Terrell, who's the Falcons' corner, and Casey Hayward. The Pitts Twitter, uh, the Pitts tweet yesterday. Did you see that? Uh, no, I missed it. He said, um, "Atlanta is about to be scary," and he put the zipper emoji. And he, de- he deleted it like two minutes later and started talking oh. about Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward, it was hilarious. But also a, a lot of people in Atlanta are kind of reporting that they have sources saying that it's going to happen. Um, but for me, I'm just waiting for that Schefter report. Yeah. But as a Falcons fan, it's looking good right now. I also read that AJ Terrell is going to be a part of the, the trade package, which sucks. Yeah, that's a tough one. But, but considering that Watson's 26, he's a year older than Joe Burrow. He still he hasn't even entered his prime yet. Yeah. So you're getting your quarterback for the next 10 years. Whatever you have to give up is worth it to me, as long as it's not Kyle Pitts, which it doesn't seem like it is. Yeah. So I'm cool with it. Yeah. It, listen, when I when when I saw that news that he was meeting with Cleveland, I initially thought because the, the four teams in the running, it seemed like when that happened, it was the Browns, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons. Immediately I thought Cleveland could be the right fit, but that's that's coming from a biased Cleveland fan where I thought, you know, if they can I, I thought Cleveland could give the best package to Houston because they can give him Kareem Hunt. They can give him maybe Greg Newsome and then a couple picks. And I think it, you said it, uh, they needed three first round picks to be able to even get yeah. a To get a meeting with him, you had to submit an offer to uh, Houston that they would have approved, which by all reports, it says that it's, that it was a three first round picks minimum. Yeah. So I mean, that's a lot to give up, but exactly. to me, it's worth it considering the quarterback that he is because it's not it's not a Matthew Stafford situation where it's Super Bowl or bust year one hmm. it's the next 10 years where, yeah. where are you going to be for the next 10 years where do you want to live for the next 10 years you're, you're not just thinking this year you're thinking long term which I think is why Atlanta's in the running yeah you know, I, think I think they are the favorites but it's to me it seems like they're the easy favorites now because initially like I said like Cleveland seemed like they could give the best package I think going to Carolina would have been a great move because 
you know, the receiving room of, of, of Moore, Anderson. I think Terrence Marshall is going to be a really good player in the league. And obviously they just signed um, – I'm blanking on him. The wide they receiver. signed somebody. Byron Print. No. No. Uh, no, Pringle signed with the Bears. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You there's, can't even keep track. But. Yeah, but the, the Panthers picked someone up. So I thought that would be – and obviously Christian McCaffrey there, but he's, he's kind of uncertain with his injury history. But I thought Carolina would have been the right move. And then you look at New Orleans – where you know they're going to bring a good defense. Um, and I think, you know, this is the one team, obviously this was prior to Amari Cooper being being traded to the Browns, but it seemed to me like the Saints would be the best option because what other elite quarterback in the league doesn't have that number one receiver? The only guy I can think of is Lamar Jackson, and he's kind of on the bubble for me when you talk about an elite quarterback. So I felt like the Saints was the right move. And now it seems like it's coming down to the Saints and the Falcons, which goes to show that he's not really – He's not thinking about winning now, where in Cleveland, they're a quarterback away from winning. I think Carolina is a quarterback away. I think Carolina and the Broncos, I think Pauk even mentioned this when he was on. The Broncos and, and the Panthers are very similar in how they have a really good defense and they're a quarterback away from being a this is, this is around the time that they were both, like, they they started 3-0 and and then they just yeah. kind of tailed off. Exactly. Yeah, I, I remember that. So not wanting to go to the Panthers, not wanting to go to Cleveland shows me that he doesn't need to win right now. And that's why it looks like Atlanta is the best fit because it is his hometown. First and foremost, you want to be able to go back home, especially after everything that he's gone through in this past year and a half going home seems like the best fit just to be able to, to relax from everything that's gone on and just be able to play football and realize you don't have to have that pressure right away of we need to go out and win. If he goes to Atlanta, it's all right. We got, we got five years. Let's figure this out after two seasons. Let's get a couple draft picks. Let's make a couple moves and let's make a push. Yeah. I think Atlanta could be a playoff team right now. And I think bringing in Deshaun Watson makes them even more so. But because I think Deshaun Watson, a lot of the the fan comments are just, uh, well, who is he going to throw to other than Kyle Pitts? Well, Deshaun Watson is going to come with a bunch of receivers. Players are waiting for Deshaun Watson to make his decision, to make their decision. So wherever he goes, I think a lot of receivers will follow. So yeah. I, I wouldn't worry about that. The Falcons have $71 million in cap space next year, projected to have that much, that much cap space. Right. So, and then he has so many connections to the team. Um, like you said, it's, it's his hometown. The Falcons facility is 20 minutes away from his mom um, in Gainesville. Um, he was their ball boy in the early 2010s. He yeah. worked at the stadium selling, um, you know, drinks and all that. Um, he has, he has a great relationship with Arthur Blank, the owner. Uh, Warwick Dunn, who's a minority owner of the Falcons, got Deshaun Watson's family housing when he was 11 years old. Um, yeah, he has a lot of connections. TJ Yates is an assistant for the the Falcons. He worked with Watson in Houston. He has a great relationship with him as well. So he has a lot of connections to the Falcons, which makes me think like he's going. And I think the holdup right now, because the the report came out last night that he's going to wait till the weekend. And then 10 minutes later, a report comes out that the Falcons and and Matt Ryan have agreed to delay his $7.5 million bonus from today to Monday at 4 p.m. Right. Which tells me that the deal is done, mm-hmm. but the holdup is trading Matt Ryan because you have to trade Matt Ryan first in order to have enough cap space to take on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I think that's the holdup, but I don't know. Yeah, but there's, a lot of, there's a lot of quarterback uncertainty right now, and I do agree with you. I think it comes down to where Matt Ryan goes before they can make this move. And where Matt Ryan goes is completely up in the air. For me right now, I think the Colts is probably the best spot but right now, if I'm the Colts, I'm looking at all the options I have in front of me. And I think there's three names that come to mind, pro- pro- probably four. It's Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, 
and Jameis Winston. For me, I think if the Saints can't get the deal done with Deshaun, I think Jameis comes back. And I think that'd be the right move. I think he can be a really good quarterback for them. He's had a good history there. But um, with with the Colts, I mean, Baker's shown interest in wanting to go to the Colts. Obviously, he's requested a trade, but I don't know if the Browns are going to grant it. It doesn't seem like they are. If I'm the Colts, I think I'd want to go out and get Matt Ryan because I think he'd be the – I think it'll be a better version of Philip, what Philip Rivers was to you. Yeah. Yeah. The Colts are in a position to make a run. And I don't think bringing in Jimmy G lets you know that, okay, we can make a push because we got a guy that can be a game manager. But I think Matt Ryan's more of a playmaker and he's a guy that can get it done late in games. And Matt Ryan's very underrated. Yeah. Absolutely. The guy won an MVP. He's one of the highest paid players in the league and for good reason. I think he, <sighs> he's, a little, he's overpaid. Yes. At this point now, but I mean, when he got the contract, it, it didn't make, it wasn't too far out of reach in making yeah, sense. He was a year, he was a, re, a year removed from the MVP. They had just made the playoffs. They lost to Philadelphia in the second round. It yeah. made sense. Maybe a longer deal than it should have been, but it made sense. Yeah. So I think, I think I just, I, if I had to predict, I think Matt Ryan will be going to um, the Indianapolis Colts, but at the same time, this whole Baker Mayfield thing, because we got it, it stems from this Deshaun Watson situation. So might as well bring yeah. it up now. We were going to get to it eventually. Baker Mayfield requests a trade. And that that is from I listen, this whole situation and the question mark is whose side are you on? Is it the management or is it Baker? It's tough because when this whole thing unraveled it, it seemed like the management of the Browns was thinking, we're rolling with Baker unless we can get Watson. And I think that's a fair assessment to have because after what Baker's done. Listen, like people are going to talk, call him a bust. I, I don't necessarily think he's a bust. He breaks the rookie touchdown record in his first season, and then he struggles in his second. Third season, he comes back, makes the playoffs, wins their first playoff game in two decades. And then in his fourth season, he struggles again, but he's injury riddled. So there's a pattern there of good, bad, good, bad. Fifth season coming in now in a contract year where it all comes down to this. I thought he was going to ball out, but not telling him that they're going to go get Watson. Otherwise, it's all about you. I think that was a mistake on the Browns organization's part because that now tells Baker, oh, you don't have belief in me. Whereas if they told him the entire situation, I think he would have felt, no, I understand that Deshaun Watson's elite. Otherwise, I'm running with you guys. Because now he's like, I, I want to trade. I'll go anywhere, it seems like. Because in a contract year, he knows he has to prove himself. He'll go to Seattle. He'll go to Indianapolis. He doesn't care. But now that they've you know, not granted that trade, that leaves a huge question mark in the quarterback room. Because Cleveland is a quarterback away. Don't get me wrong. Bringing in Amari Cooper was huge, and I think they're going to get another wide receiver in the draft. And, and to this point, I thought they had a perfect offseason. Releasing Landry and releasing Hooper were my two favorite moves because you know better than anybody, those are the guys I've been complaining about the most. Dropping the ball on third down is absurd. And franchise tagging and Joku was huge because Njoku and Bryant is, is the tight end fit that I like on the Browns personally. So now this uncertainty is creating a lot of issue, and I really don't know what happens with Baker. Because initially I thought maybe, maybe a Derek Carr trade could be in the works, but then they go out and get Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. That's not happening. That's not happening. So I don't even know what to think anymore. Because, you know, I got that jersey on the wall there. I've already had to get rid of the Odell one. I don't want to have to get rid of that one unless it's Watson. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like Watson's coming. So Yeah, I think I'm going to be the one getting a Watson jersey. Pretty exactly. Soon. And who would have thought that four months ago? Or let alone a week, like three days ago. Even like, Four days ago. <laughs> yeah, nobody would have thought. It's but I think that's the difference between the Falcons and the Browns is that the Falcons told Matt Ryan on Sunday night that they were going to try to go get Watson. Yeah. So I think because of that, Matt Ryan's cooperated through this whole situation and has even helped them uh, delaying his bonus. $7.5 million. Yeah. He was supposed to get $7.5 million today just for being on the roster. And he delayed it 
uh, agreed with the team to delay it just so they can, you know, move him, work together to, to make a trade happen and, and get Watson. So, and I think because they didn't do that with Baker, I think that's the reason why he is so mad about it. Um, I think if they told him before, like, if we can't get Watson, we're still in belief of you. I think that still would have rubbed him the wrong way just sure. because of how he is as a person. We kind of know he's kind of like an emotional person. Yeah, he's um, he is very dramatic. And chip on his shoulder type of guy yeah. like that. It, that's just kind of his personality. But I think he would have taken it better if they, if they had told him before. Yeah, to me, it comes down to it, whether they tell him or not. Um, I, d- I don't want to call him delusional, but I think that that kind of sense that he thought that he was the guy on this team, that he's going to turn it around. I mean, he has been a part of the reason this franchise has been turned around. But to not think that, oh, Deshaun Watson's available to think that they're not going to go for it, is just like, come on, you can't have that thought process. You've got to know that this guy, you know, he's putting up in his last three seasons, 3,800 yards, 26 plus touchdowns and 12 or less interceptions. He's doing what you've been doing but at a higher rate and over a longer course. And he hasn't so, gotten to his prime yet. The last time we saw Deshaun Watson, he was a top five quarterback. Yeah. And by pro football focuses grading, he was behind Brady and Rodgers. Yeah. So, and but that yeah. was, and that was without DeAndre Hopkins. That was after all the, this, the dumb moves that Houston had done. They still had Bill O'Brien, I believe. Yeah. It was just a mess in Houston and he was still able to ball out. So. And, was, and the year prior to that, when they, you know, they go four and 14 or, or whatever it was, uh, he, they beat Buffalo after he had that incredible roll out of the pocket for a touchdown. And then they're up 20 on Kansas city. Don't forget that Patrick Mahomes had to do the impossible to beat that Texans team. And that was at the root because of Deshaun Watson. So this guy is going to be a perennial face of the league, a top five quarterback. I believe that for a fact, I don't know if I could say he's top five at this very moment because he yeah, it's hard to say that because he didn't play in the year. Exactly. But he's going to be there. You give him time and he's going to figure it out. He's a great player. If you look at just talent wise and you and you're taking, you know, five quarterbacks who are under 30, how many are you realistically taking over to Sean Watson? Three or four? Maybe. It's a tough call. It really it comes down to what you value because he's he's a guy that, yes, I think, um, you know, Burrow or Herbert may have better arm strength or. I think he has a better arm than Burrow. That's the thing. I think he has a better arm than Burrow too. That's what I was going to say as well. And I think he's a better, he's a dual threat in a sense, but he can get out of the pocket faster than the other two guys can. And I think at the end of the day, he might be, I think he has a better IQ than at least Herbert. Whereas Burrow, I think he's kind of already got it all figured out in a sense. But there were arguments after that playoff game against the Chiefs that if you were to switch Watson and, and Mahomes, there were arguments saying that Watson would be better than Mahomes. Which used to be better. Which yeah. I, I personally, I don't know. I don't think I agree with that. I but don't, I, I don't need to. It was an argument at the time. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he, he's an outstanding player. And yeah. because he hasn't played in a year, people forget how good he is. It was like Kawhi when he mm-hmm. when he uh, sat out for a year in, in San Antonio. Obviously, it's completely different. One's a legal situation. One was an injury. But people forgot how good Kawhi Leonard was. And then he came to Toronto and he reminded everybody just how good he is. And he led him to a title. Exactly. Not saying he's going to lead the Falcons to a title, but. He's oh, a so great player. Yeah. Maybe in the future, not now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, all, all signs currently point to the Falcons. And I would not be surprised in the next couple of days if we see that move happen. But um, I mean, we might as well talk about some of the other big moves that have happened, or at least from the quarterback room perspective, the biggest one we could talk about is Russell Wilson going to Denver. That immediately changes that Denver team. And, and just like, you know, I mentioned with Carolina, bringing in a quarterback, they're good to go now. They're going to compete. But you bring in Devontae Adams to the Raiders, and now um, 
sorry, yeah, the, the, the Chargers load up on defense with Khalil Mack. You get J.C. Jackson. You re-sign Mike Williams. Justin Herbert's now going to be in his third season. And the one team you would think going into this division, you see the Chiefs as the best, but they haven't re-signed Matthew. Melvin Ingram still isn't signed yet. So their defense could be getting weaker, and it already struggled before. They, they did get Justin Reed, who's a pretty good replacement. I like him a lot. But. That is true. They got Justin Reed. That's huge. But it doesn't seem like the Chiefs have loaded up as much, whereas every other team has got better in this division. So when you look at it right now, who of this AFC West, the best division in football, probably the best division in sports, who do you think comes out of it at least? If you really look at it, I think you can make a, a great argument that the Chiefs have the worst roster in, in the division. Absolutely. But because of because of Patrick Mahomes, we're gonna, you know, say they're a great team. Personally, I think the Chiefs should be the favorites, hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if the the Chargers or the Broncos win the division. The Broncos are the wild card here because they could win nine games or they can win thirteen. It yeah. all depends on how um, the players that we've been hyping up for a year respond to having that quarterback: Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Uh, Javante Williams, that offensive line, if their defense can improve, they just got Randy Gregory, which was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in free agency. Oh, he was weird. signed with Dallas, and then Dallas tried to change something last second. Yeah. And then he just signed with Denver. Yeah. It um, seemed like he had the same offer was on the table. And then when he accepted it, was, Dallas, yeah, it was the exact same contract. But uh, apparently, that Dallas, Stephen Jones specifically tried to like change something last second about like drug testing or something. I don't, I don't, I don't know the whole thing. I'm not a Dallas fan, but. Um, that was that was weird, but they have Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb on the other side, Patrick Sertain in the secondary. They're set up, and they may even get Bobby Wagner. I've read that uh, yeah. Russell Wilson's trying to, to to recruit him. So, depending on how all those players respond to having that quarterback, Denver could very well be the team to beat in the division. But right now, I'll go with Kansas City, even though I really want to say Chargers. Yeah, I I think I would agree with you if I had to pick someone to make the. Who's going to go the farthest of that division? I would say the Chiefs. And that is rooted in Patrick Mahomes and having Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey as options. But I don't think they're as deep as the other three. Because even the Raiders, you know, I don't think they're, I think they'll probably come last in the division, but they're going to be a tough team to beat. You saw it yeah. even, when, even when this past season, with all the troubles they went through, they were one of the toughest teams to beat in football anytime it came down to it. How do you I, stop Devontae Adams and Darren Waller? Devontae Adams has never, in, in his prime, has never played with anybody who could even light a candle to Darren Waller. Darren Waller, to me, is probably the most talented tight end in the NFL. I don't think he's the best. I think it's Kelsey and Kittle at the top. But he's probably the most talented with how athletic he is and how big he is. So with Adams now, I think that opens up the field for him. You have Renfro still. like The Raiders are going to be a tough out, and they're probably going to finish last. Yeah. but And to me, I think – when I look at who can be the best offensively, and I think this goes hand in hand with just being the best team in the division, I can see the Broncos taking that mantle. Because when I look at every other team, there isn't a running back aside from Javante Williams that I would full-fledged trust in like the late fourth quarter. Because Austin Eckler has been pretty good. And I think, you know, he's obviously a dual threat, but when it comes to running the ball late in games, he's not that special and we know the chiefs don't really have that great of a running back it's a running game it has always been their problem for the last three or four years uh, along with defense and then the raiders obviously josh jacobs is a nice piece but he has some injury troubles javante williams is coming off his first season where he's comparable with Najee harris i would probably take javante over Najee. i think because i think he's got a bit more you know 
you can put this body into it a little bit more. Yeah, Javante Williams wasn't given the same opportunities that Najee Harris was. Exactly. I think he, if they were to give if they were given the same opportunity, I would I would take Javante Williams. Javante Williams was my favorite running back going into the draft last year. I wanted Atlanta to take him, but they they traded back and took Richie Grant. Terrible pick, but yeah. <laughs> but I I really like uh, Javante Williams, and I think he is the best back in in that division at least. And I think he's going to take a huge step up this year. I'm yeah. pretty sure Melvin Gordon's a free agent. Um, yeah, I think Melvin sure Gordon. Will, that, but, I can see. I honestly think Melvin Gordon will go to Buffalo because I think McKissick seemed like he was going there, but then the, it kind of a Randy Gregory situation where he went back to the Commanders. Obviously, the reverse of the Gregory situation. But yeah, like I said, with with Javante, I think you put you you switch Kansas City and Denver out of that uh, AFC Championship game against the Bengals. I think Denver wins that game because the Chiefs had the opportunity to take it. But they couldn't run the ball in the fourth quarter, and they refused to run the ball in the fourth quarter. I don't think it was a matter of they they couldn't. I'm pretty sure they just didn't do it. Because I'm pretty yeah, sure Hilaire was running pretty well. Yeah. So. So, it's like yeah, I think that's why I think Denver could have that edge because I think they're going to have the best defense in that division. You can put them with the Chargers. I think they're they're going to be very close. But I think coaching wise, I think Denver takes it. But it's completely up in the air. Really, with coaching. But, I like Staley. Yeah, I do like Staley a lot. Maybe not his decision making, but as a defensive coach, I like. Yeah, Staley. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, it, it's tough. I think like with this division, I I agree with you that I I pick the Chiefs to come out of it, but they're it's completely up in the air. Completely, it's like the the, the you know the AFC North this past season with the, with the Browns. You didn't expect the Bengals to come out on top. It could be the same situation with the Raiders. Them coming out of you really don't know, and it's going to be really exciting to watch. This AFC is going to be so competitive. I'll say this: If the Chiefs get off to a start like they did this year, where they were three and four, they're not. They may not even make the playoffs. Yeah. Like I, seriously, I, like seriously, this time, not like this year where we were like, oh, they're gonna pick it up. Like yeah. seriously, this time, like if they if they start that way, they're not. I don't think they're. Yeah, because you're gonna have to play each team in that division twice. So yeah. if you if you take a loss to each of them in the first couple of weeks, late parts of the season, they're not gonna make it easier for you. You know, you, you're gonna be able to start rolling with the Chiefs, but at the same time, they're gonna be getting going too because now. Russell Wilson's got a, uh, an at least almost a season under that belt. Also, one thing on Russell Wilson, I did see, I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but apparently in these last couple, in this last week, on vacation with his wife, he's watched every single Broncos game from this past season 10 times, which I don't put it past him, but I don't put it past him because like he is one of those dudes that's just an absolute student of the game, but 10 times, 160 <laughs> games he watched. You know what he's probably watching? He's probably, he's, He's not watching what we watch. He's watching the, the coaches film, the the all twenty two film, where it, sure. there's no there's no space in between, uh, plays. So yeah. it, it it condenses the game to like an hour. Yeah. So I think that's what he's watching, which makes it a little bit more believable. But, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. And the th- enjoy and the thing- your life a little bit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Have some fun. It's the off season. You deserve it. But yeah, with this Denver team too, I think. They're going to be competitive and they're going to be good, but it really is a question mark of that wide receiver room because they've got a lot of potential. And I think a lot of them have a high ceiling, especially with Judy and Sutton. I really like Sutton a lot. I think he's going to be a fantasy monster this year, but if they can't take that next step, then I don't think the Broncos can take that next step. Obviously having Russ is huge, but you got to be able to at least establish somewhat of a number one receiver between the two of those guys. Cause Tim Patrick, I think is going to be a solidified number three security blanket with them but the number one and two have to step up. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I really like the Broncos though. I think they, they have a chance to explode, but I think it's Chargers and Chiefs. I really like the Chargers a yeah. lot. 
but I also said that last year and they <laughs> disappointed everybody. But they did get Cleo Mack, JC Jackson. I like what they're doing. I think I like how they're maximizing uh, the rookie contract of Herbert. Um, yeah. They're seeing what other teams are doing. Um, I like how they're trying to keep up. They're trying to keep up. And I think it's not going to stop now. Like if Gilmore signs with the Raiders this afternoon, like that changes something like it. There's so much left to happen in free agency. I mean, it's only been a couple of days. So uh, we've only con- kind of com- gone past that that first wave. There's still a lot of time, but we'll see. And then I guess we get we could switch it over to baseball here because you know yeah. we're pretty we're pretty deep into this. But the Blue Jays made a pretty big deal the other day. Uh, they traded for Matt Chapman, third baseman of the uh, Oakland Athletics. To me, this was a, a huge trade. I think a lot of people looked at this initially and thought, "Oh, he's a big name." But then they, when they went to the statistics, they saw, "Oh, they was hitting 210 last year, not great. 27 home runs. You know, I think he had less than 80 RBIs." The move wasn't made for a hitting perspective. The move was made because of his defense. Three gold gloves in the last three years. He's played four seasons, I think, or five seasons in the MLB. He's immediately taking away so many of the Jays' errors, which has been a problem in the past for them. Their infield has struggled. Chapman already, I think, is going to be uh, a big power hitter in this lineup because when you look at the history of Jays and Oakland moves, you got Josh Donaldson who comes in. He was a solid player in Oakland. The moment he came to Toronto, he became an MVP level, you know, caliber player. You bring Marcus Semyon in from, you know, he was a solid player, a guy that could be an all-star. You bring him into the Blue Jays, he has the best hitting second baseman season of all time. So there is no doubt in my mind Matt Chapman could come in here and hit 35 home runs with 100 RBIs. He'll probably hit fourth or fifth in the order, maybe even second. He's a guy that's going to improve because Oakland is not a hitter's ballpark. It is a pitcher's ballpark. It's massive. The Rogers Center is probably up there with the best hitting ballparks in the league. Guys are going to hit bomb. And Matt Chapman is one of those guys. So I think that move for the Jays was massive. And then they have another one kind of in the works where it's looking like they could get Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez. and move him to second base, which already I saw Randy or Randy Groshans or whatever his first name is, Groshans, who's a Blue Jays prospect, posted the devil like emoji on his Instagram with the, with the smiley face, which kind of entailed like he'd be the guy moving on to Oakland if they made that trade. I think that's what it seems like. But if you listen, the Jays can get Jose Ramirez and convert him to second base. They will have the best infield possibly in the history of the game. Not in terms of right this moment, I think in terms of future, because it's comparable. Chapman, Bichette, Bichette, and Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. It's insane because Ramirez already helps you out because you needed a left-handed hitter in that batting lineup. That'll help him a lot because he's a switch hitter, I believe. But, like, when I think about the greatest infields in MLB history, obviously I can't go back to 100 years, but the last one I can remember myself is the New York Yankees with Mark Teixeira at first, Robinson Cano at second, Derek Jeter at short, and Alex Rodriguez. Rodriguez, You get Jose Ramirez, and I genuinely think that this team is comparable because you know Vladdy. He already said it the other day. He said last season – This I loved what he said. He said last season was just the trailer. This season is going to be the movie. I absolutely love to hear it. Great quote. Great quote. Phenomenal quote. Like, he, to me, like, obviously, he's second in MVP. I think he could have won it, but obviously, Otani did so good pitching-wise. I think this year is the year that Vladi really shows himself, and even he believes in himself. But I think there's a belief there that Bo Bichette could even be the best player on this team. There's no reason why Bo Bichette can't hit 320, 40 home runs with 120 RBIs. So, to have an infield in which every single player could have the better season – you love to see it. And then you got an outfield of Teoscar Hernandez, Guriel, who just had a great comeback year. You got Gritchick there. 
you're probably going to have to give one of them up if you're getting Ramirez, but it's worth it. That's okay. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. And they fixed their bullpen. Getting get, or not? Sorry, they haven't fixed their bullpen. Bullpen still needs a bit of work, but the bullpen has been for me ever since I've watched baseball. Bullpen has always been the problem with Toronto. Yeah. The one year they had a a, a decent bullpen was 2015 when they brought Sanchez out of the bullpen. I was literally just going to say that. That was the only that time was, I had belief in that team when the bullpen. Yeah. And they had Azuna still, mm-hmm. obviously, for reasons that the legal reasons he's not there anymore. But yeah. that was the one year where the Blue Jays actually had a good bullpen, and that was the farthest they've gone in my time watching baseball. So yeah, shows the you, importance of it. You love to see, it. and and then now you look at their starting rotation. You know, you got you got Ryu, you got Gausman, who you signed. Manoa's looking real good. Apparently, Manoa's a piece that Cleveland wants, but there's no chance Toronto gives him up after the season no. he just had. Pearson's another X factor guy where I don't bring him out of the bullpen. Yeah. I think that's exactly. Yeah. I think they should bring, they should do what they did with Aaron Sanchez and bring him out of the bullpen because they both are kind of linear in terms of how they both had a little bit of injury troubles. Couldn't really get into the starting rotation. So put him in the bullpen because he just signed Kikuchi as well, who was an all-star this year because he had a great first half and he struggled in the second half, put him as the fifth starter. And if Pearson shows you that he can be that guy and go deep, then move him into the rotation because who knows? One of the five starters, I'm sure, is going to have a struggle to start the season. You you have a lot of movement there. So if the Jays can can figure out that bullpen, then to be to be honest, they're my pick coming out of the AL. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, who in their division? Their division's tough because yeah. all four four teams won 90 games last year. So you have to you have to get out of the division first. And I think they have everything you need to win a division. Um, Tampa Bay doesn't really make moves, but they're always somehow good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that just shows how good they are at developing players. But I mean, other than them in the AL, I mean, you have to look at Houston. They're always going to be a good team. But has Correa signed with anybody yet? Correa hasn't yet, but it's seeming it's it's looking like he's going to resign. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, forgot to mention about the outfield. George Springer's in there. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> you forget about not, players because they have so many. Yeah, as if he was in the first one I said. But but yeah, like imagine that lineup. You have uh Springer leading off, Jose Ramirez, would Vladdy hit third? I'd I'd put Bichette third, Vladdy four, probably. Fourth, and then and then Chapman. Trey Oscar Hernandez, who just coming off two back to back silver slugger awards. Guriel hitting seventh. Christian Kirk at catcher, who I love. I love Christian Kirk. Speaking of the fun. other Christian Kirk, wow, what a contract that was. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. His name might be Alejandro Kirk. But yeah, oh, Christian Kirk. What the hell was that contract? <laughs> we were in business. Twenty-one million dollars per year. I thought it was a joke. That is it was. absurd. Like considering Alan Robinson just got three years, forty-six million dollars. Alan Robinson's better than Christian Kirk is, and yeah. he's proven them, himself to be a number one receiver before. Christian mm-hmm. Kirk has been at best the second option. Yeah, in, in Arizona, has never gone over a thousand yards. Not really like Christian Kirk, but twenty-one million dollars a year in its max value. Are you kidding me? Not okay. Because then that no. that just drives the entire market up, and for what? It does. Because now Devonte Adams is like, all right, he's getting twenty-one million. What am I worth? I'm worth like thirty-seven. Yeah, like it's. Oh, he screwed it up for everybody. It's, yeah, there's yeah. always that one guy that's just got to sign a fat contract. Yeah. <laughs> I still rock. Brock Osweiler, remember he got a huge yeah, contract like from Houston. Million initially, and then got like thirty-two. It was a disaster. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like 
I remember when Bryce Harper signed, I think it was for like 375 million. It was like Mike Trout's still a free agent and he's way better. So what is Mike going to get? And he got like 425, I think. I mean, Harper did win an MVP last year. You Harper did, yeah. A little bit of credit, but. But he has, he has followed my theory of he has a real good season, then he'll have a bad one. He'll have a really good, like when, when he left Washington, he struggled and the Washington yeah. goes on to win it. But then the very next year, he comes back and has an unbelievable season. But speaking of guys leaving in terms of championships, Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers. Yeah. That to me is like, why? Because I, I didn't think a Blue Jays move was going to happen because bringing in Matt Chapman meant that Vladdy's going to stay at first. And obviously you could move him to DH. I think he'd be even better at DH because he wouldn't have to play as much in the field. But it seemed like Freddie Freeman was gone. But going to the Dodgers. Like, obviously, they move on from Seager, but they already have so many pieces. I thought just staying with the Braves would be the right move at the end of the day. Because they're, they're going to trade for running back. They traded for Matt Olson, which. Yeah, that's true. I guess they had a sense there that he wasn't returning. So they probably made that yeah. move. But And I hate I hate to bring school into this, but this is exactly what I talked about in our business paper. Remember <laughs> we had to do a business paper? This is exactly what I talked about. Free agents are going to go to L.A. and New York because of the lockout because teams are going to yeah. lose money. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Every year, man. Every year. I mean, Noah Syndergaard just went to the Angels as well. So he's he? in L.A. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was a little while ago, but I don't know how that wasn't a big report. He, the guy's Thor. Yeah, there's... still baffles me why the Jays made that trade for R.A. Dickey. I remember when they did that, everyone's like, oh, he's a young winner. He's 37. <laughs> like, I remember because literally after that trade happened, you and I, we went to one of our friends' house and his mm-hmm. dad came downstairs to talk about the about the trade. And I said, because my, my dad was mad about it because of Travis Darno. He was like, yeah. he's the best catcher prospect. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even know who Syndergaard was until five years later when I realized he was one of the best pitchers in the MLB. Yeah. And then, yeah, Syndergaard becomes one of the best. Darno wins a chip with the Braves. Like, you hate to see it. But, hey, what it's a Blue Jays time now. They're coming. They're coming. Oh, yeah. It's, this, I, this This is the most excited I've been for the Blue Jays. And well, ever since they, that trade deadline in 2015 when they got Tulowitzki, Price, yeah, and all that. It was the year. Go get him, yeah. I think I, we, were, we were talking about this the other night, me and the couple of my roommates, is, you know, when we talked about who the best sports city is, for the last decade, it looks like it's Boston, you know, because they were, you know, the Bruins, yeah. the Red I Sox, mean, they, Patriots, they've all won titles. Yeah, but when you talk about right now, is it Toronto? Because the Raptors are making a push in the playoffs. The Leafs are a top five team in the league. The Blue Jays are about to be a top five team in the league, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Well, one of, the, one, of, one of the Leafs or uh, Blue Jays have to win a title this year to have our That's true. To, yeah, to be able to – yeah, you got to have that. Because right now it's L.A. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 right now, this very moment, it's L.A. I think potentially it can be Toronto. but right, L.A. Has, a, has an unfair advantage because they have like a million teams. That's the thing, though, because, they, yeah, they have a million teams. But if it's – we're talking about right now because the Lakers aren't that good. The Clippers aren't that good. The Dodgers are still great. The Angels have made the playoffs in the last 10 years, and they've had Mike Trout. And now just the recent MVP and Shohei Otani – the Kings have struggled, even though they're getting a little bit better. You know, I can't even think of uh, the Rams. Okay, the Rams just won the Super Bowl. So there, there you go. That's if you just think about it, the, 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 the Lakers won the title two, two seasons ago. So did the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams just won a Super Bowl. If you're just taking, like, the main team in L.A., which is the Lakers, Dodgers, and Rams, I would say that they are the best sports city yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. There's a, there's a whole bunch of cities. Maybe Atlanta in a couple of years if, if, if Deshaun if Deshaun Watson leads them to some success because they have 
the Hawks that went to the, the conference title last year, the soccer team's really good. Don't know anything about it, but they're really good. Um, and the Braves obviously just won the World Series, right? So, would you put the Jets in there technically because they were Atlanta? The Thrashers, what a name that was! Yeah, bring them back, bring them back. Honestly, get Arizona out of there. Yeah, they need to really relocate. I, I hate to say it, but they got to relocate also because I don't want that, I don't want there to even be a chance that Matthews leaves. <laughs> and I have chance. Say, I also say, I, I, this is going to sound like the most whiny thing ever because I've been to three, I will, I was supposed to go to three sports games this year Raptors, Grizzlies, because I wanted to see Jean Morant. Jean Morant gets the game before. Browns, Raiders, the entire Browns offense <laughs> gets COVID. And then the border rules change. So I can't go to that game. And then this week, I go to my first ever Leafs game ever. And the day before, Austin Matthews gets suspended for two games. It's crazy. Which, by the way, those uniforms that they they, they uh that they wore at the Heritage Classic or whatever it's called, awful. No, yeah, they're to me Disgusting. the way I look at it is as an on ice jersey, it's it's pretty good, but as like a like I would never buy it as a fan because on the ice you just see the T, so it's like all right, but in person you see the arenas part, which just looks dumb. It was, oh. that game was basically UFT versus Ryerson. If if the if the Sabers jerseys were a shaded different in terms of yellow or white. That was literally UFT Ryerson. And what a the Leafs jerseys are so nice. Like their their regular jerseys are so nice. They don't have to change anything. Exactly. And the two the two know. the two winter classics or not winter centennial classic whatever you want to call it the two ones they had previously with the with the white in the, the kind of the Montreal Canadian style line in the middle they had a blue one they had a white one both were hard and they never wore them again. Every other team it seems like in every other sport when you have a special game and you wear those jerseys for the rest of the season they keep wearing them every now and then. For some reason, the Leafs are just like, no, nah, we're just sticking with the regular blue and white, which I do love those jerseys, but bring something fresh in every now and then, you know? Yeah. Well, this episode's turned into us just complaining, <laughs> so we should wrap up. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Comment down below. We will see you all next week. Take it easy. Well, peace.